Hi, my name is Kristen. And I'm Tony. And this is Mary Sue Who. Welcome to the first episode of our YANA Fantasy Podcast. Stay tuned. everybody i'm so super excited to be here and to be doing this with one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) and um we just wanted to maybe tell you guys a little bit about ourselves and how this kind of came to be we met a couple years ago now but i'll let Kristen tell her version of that story (laughs) of how we met okay i feel like it was like five years ago but like honestly my concept of time is not that great. Um, was it our sophomore year in college? Yeah, we met, yeah, sophomore year. So we both went to the same school, um, and sophomore year of college, I took a creative writing class, and I think it was like 10 people in the class or something. It was very awkward. Um, we were all just like sitting there, and we were going around saying our favorite books, and I can't remember if it was you. I think it was you. You were like, oh, I love... It was definitely me. (laughs) You were like, I love Sarah J. Mass, like, any of her books or something like that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to sit next to her next class. (laughs) And that's kind of how it started. Yeah, because I said that my favorite books were anything by Sarah J. Mass. And I remember we got around to you and you said, I actually also love, like, Sarah J. Mass. That's so cool. (laughs) And then, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but later during that same class I heard you talking about Game of Thrones like because an episode had come out recently and I was like oh my god I want to butt in so bad (laughs) I want to butt into that conversation and make her my friend because we like the same things and I definitely did yeah and I'm very glad I did me too I just I remember there was uh this one guy in the class too and he like eventually asked me out on a date but like he sat between us one day and I was like I'm trying to save this seat for Tony. Like, go away. <laughs> but I know. <laughs> but after That's that, um, we ended up taking uh, a Lord of the Rings class together for our English majors because we were both English majors. Um, and then I think we took Old English, right? Yeah, which I regret <laughs> oh, yeah. so much. I cried during the final, but that's something we're not going to talk about. Three hours of writing Old English. Oh, my God. I couldn't do it. I literally, I just stopped and I was like, if I fail, then I fail. Like, I'm just going to accept it. Yeah. No. But now we're friends. I definitely, yeah. And now we're doing this wonderful podcast together, which I'm, again, super excited about. Um, but before we get into our main topic, do you want to talk about anything that you've been reading lately? Ooh. Y-A-N-A. Fantasy, maybe. Okay. Sorry, I'm thinking because there there are so many things I read. I feel like I like getting hard copies of books and reading those, but like sometimes when I'm just in a mood where I'm like I need a little romance in my life, I like read a Kindle book. But right now I'm reading uh, The Book of Night by Holly Black, and she's the author of the Cruel Prince series, which is a really popular mm-hmm. series within the fantasy community. And this is her first new adult book, so... I'm actually really enjoying it, and I'm surprised it hasn't gotten the best reviews, Um, but I will see once I finish the book, and I will let you know how I like it, but it's very urban, urban modern fantasy, which is is pretty interesting for her, 
because her her worlds are always very very heavy so it's mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting what about you um I think I might have mentioned this to you before but I'm finally reading uh, A Court of Silver Flames oh, I'm so excited for you <laughs> and I I don't know why I put it off for so long it's by Sarah J Mass for anyone who lives under a rock <laughs> and doesn't and doesn't know um but I just I've been putting it off for forever and I know that's very off off brand of me especially since I earlier claimed that she was like one of my favorite authors um but I don't know I just put it off for a while I think I was really like hesitant to get away from like the main couple Mm -hmm. and go off into like some side characters stories I guess but I don't know why I love it so much I honestly and this is controversial (laughs) I honestly love Cassian and Nesta's relationship and their dynamic more than Feyre and Reese, and I know that's that's not it's a hot take that's not some that's a hot take just because I just I love their dynamic and I'm almost done with it and unfortunately I mean I've kind of been spoiled for like the ending but it it's not huge plot wise we know they're gonna end up together or maybe I don't know no spoilers but I'm, I love it, and I know I'm not done, so I can't make a full claim, but I think it's a really great, and anybody who hasn't read it definitely should. Yeah, I can't wait for you to read her newest series, um, House of... Crescent City? Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. Cres- the Crescent City series, I think you'll really like them because they're more mm-hmm. modern technology and fantasy. It's, yeah. it's really interesting, but yeah, all of her work is really good, uh, I think, and I'm yeah. I'm sure you think that too so I'm definitely tired of avoiding spoilers on TikTok oh my god I know <laughs> like I have to scroll past every single like theory video even though I desperately want to watch it but like I can't because I'll definitely spoil it for myself do you take book talk recommendations like do you read the books that you see in book talk here's the thing N- not often yeah. <laughs> and here's why I just I don't know. I grew up being like a very obsessive reader and I've read many, 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 many things like crazy, like obscure things that I'm sure no one has ever heard of. I don't know. I don't trust their opinions (laughs) when it comes to when it comes to like their level. They'll rate a book like a five star spicy rating and like five stars and I've read it and I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> okay, I get that because I I read Ice Planet Barbarians. Forgive me, I forgot the author oh name. Oh my god. Um, but I'll say it because I have a review to read from that later. But uh, yeah, that that was something and everyone loved it on Book Talk. But I did read Savage Lands by Stacey Marie Brown and I absolutely loved that series. Um, she's an independent publishing author. Uh, so And I am reading for my book club. By the way, I have a book club. Uh, <laughs> um, we're reading Darling Girl, um, and that is another Peter Pan kind of based story, Ooh. which I feel like is getting popular now. I feel like there are a couple other books, and honestly, Book of Night, I feel like has this Peter Pan-esque um, theme to it, because it, it's about shadows and like, I don't mm-hmm. know, like just like how your shadow relates to your soul, which is definitely more in-depth than Peter Pan, but you know. Anyways. Interesting. I don't know. I think that's 
it's kind of connected with the whole shadow aspect of it. Like, yeah. Peter Pan's shadow is a separate, like, entity from him, almost. Yeah. So. Which is interesting. But, yeah, that's cool. Um, back to your question, I do take TikTok recommendations, but I take them with a very big grain mm-hmm. of salt. I definitely, I vet every book before I read it. <laughs> Which, honestly, I feel like I should stop doing because... It just keeps me from reading some things that I might enjoy just based off, like, descriptions or, like, people, how people have reviewed it. Um, Because, I don't know, I feel like I'm always looking for something really specific. So I don't want to, like, read something unless it's what will itch my brain at that (laughs) point in time. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about um, what we want to do with this podcast um, and kind of about it. So... I feel like we we created this podcast just for our love of reading and writing uh, young adult and new adult fantasy fiction. I would say more new adult since we are both in our 20s, but I definitely feel like YA has such an impact on my life or has had such an impact. And I don't know, I, I feel like I feel like that's something we bonded over and it's something that we can bond with more people about. Uh, <laughs> just sharing our favorite books, uh, talking about controversial subjects within the books, themes that have been showing up, trends. Uh, yeah, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I'm i really excited to do this because I want it to be a space to just air out thoughts, opinions, um, theories just anything and everything about why we love books so much because they've always been such a big part of my life and I know they've been a big Mm -hmm. part of yours and as writers ourselves it's always good for us to like deep dive into books on a base level and really break them down and break down the essence of the form and the genres and I think it'll be a great space for us to do that here especially with all of our new friends that we make along the way <laughs> our one person that would be, be a little cheesy <laughs> yeah yeah I think but I have still. many grievances to air as well like I I feel like this is going to be a ranting podcast sometimes but absolutely um, I'm excited to discuss things with you so do you want to go ahead and introduce our first main topic absolutely today Ladies and gents, and everybody in between, we have uh, the topic of YA versus NA fantasy, which, for those who don't know the lingo, is young adult versus new adult. Um, and new adult is kind of a... Honestly, it's it's pretty new in terms of being its own genre. I feel like the term has only really been used in the last, like, ten years which is why there's a lot of debate around what's considered YA versus what's considered NA in terms of fantasy books specifically. Yeah, I I feel like there's a difference between new adult and adult. When you think of like adult fantasy, I think of fantasy books I looked at when I was in high school and they were the the covers with like the guys without shirts or like the girls that like hunted demons or something. Like it was very... Mm-hmm. I don't know because I feel like all those books have the same elements and they were definitely adult books but I feel like new adult books are 
young adult books, just uh, people finding themselves later in life, almost like older people as in people Mm -hmm. in their 20s, people like us coming into themselves, discovering their magic, uh, going on an adventure, but with added adult things such as sex, violence, cursing, anything like that. Yeah, um, I'm actually really glad that they've started to make new adult its own category because like you said we're at that like 20 something age that's kind of a gray area in fiction or it was for a long time because like you said most of the time when anybody thinks of like adult fantasy they either think of the smutty romance novels (laughs) with the cheesy pictures on the cover or they think of like lord of the rings or like another or like game of thrones which is like a high fantasy adult very adult novel if you've ever read it um like with na there's such a broad spectrum of adulthood and to lump it all together as like adult fantasy is really harmful i think for the genre because everything gets grouped together and people don't know that there's like more options for fantasy out there that maybe more approachable to people who are just getting into it maybe you know yeah and and I feel like both young adult and new adult fantasy um like I alluded to before they're coming of age stories um and they're they're usually through the eyes of Mm -hmm. a woman um which which is interesting and I kind of want to talk to you about that have you ever read a young adult or new adult fantasy that's either the main character is male or non-binary? I honestly haven't. Like, there are very few that I would put in those categories that are from the perspective of a man specifically, but Mm non-binary is practically, like, unheard of, which is sad because I would love to see more of that perspective. But you're right, it's mostly just from the feminine perspective, which is Mm -hmm. really unique, I think, as a like a category of storytelling because oftentimes in fantasy like especially high fantasy written by male authors the main character tends to be a man and experiencing Mm. a fantasy world through a man's eyes but YA and NA are very female dominated yeah and I feel like they they usually always bring up um issues of like gender as Mm -hmm. well like usually it's interesting because these fantasy worlds seem to have the same problems as our own worlds, um, sexism, racism, um, homophobia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I think it's interesting because it's almost like I feel like I subconsciously read these books because I'm viewing myself through the eyes of the main character um, because I feel like I'm I'm a woman in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in a fantasy world, but uh it's it's just like an easier an easier way to read by reading through a character that you can relate to Mm -hmm. but I just I think it's interesting too how like both of these genres um use fantasy but they definitely use modern elements um modern themes Mm -hmm. I you're definitely right um and I think I think it's not that Okay, the genre is definitely saturated with female points point of view mm-hmm. protagonists. Um, and that's not to say that I wouldn't 
also enjoy reading a fantasy book from the perspective of a man. It's just that I feel like it doesn't really it doesn't really resonate mm-hmm. a lot of the time because like often they're written by male authors and which have <laughs> you know a completely different worldview yeah. than most women just because of experiences and everything like that but like I think it is entirely possible for to have a male centered book in Y and NA that could be really great because like like we said this market's really saturated with female POVs so we're kind of really missing that and I like to think back to Percy Jackson mm-hmm. <laughs> actually as like I know it's middle grade fantasy so um it doesn't technically fall into these categories but I loved reading from mm-hmm. Percy's perspective like I love those books so much it's still to this day my favorite series just because of how well it's written and I wish we saw more of that type of male perspective in YA and NA but we don't really see that yeah I think okay I just thought of a book um I'm trying to remember the name but it's by V.E. Schwab um Mm -hmm. uh, okay let me look it up real quick but it is Mm. there is a female main character but the series is mainly told through a male point of view it's called a darker shade of magic and I honestly really enjoyed that book. I read it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it was interesting because I, I didn't think, I honestly ex- thought it was a male author. Mm-hmm. Because you don't usually see male points of views unless, like, there's originally a female main point of view. Um, but I actually, that was a pretty good book. But going back to Rick Riordan, um, great author and great series. Yeah. Um, and I think it has to do with a lot of male authors sexualize the women characters in their book. And it makes it unreadable sometimes, like, to see the women portrayed as, like, almost cartoonish sometimes. Yeah. I will say there is a popular fantasy series. I won't say the name or the author, but it is a male author. And the character is the main character's female. And the way that they describe her and what she does is very, mm-hmm. um, very cartoon-like, very <laughs> uh, male gaze. Not that I, I'm really not trying to <laughs> hate on men or anything like that, but there, there is a difference, um, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I don't think it's out of our realm to be able to critique male authors, especially when they, some male high fantasy male authors tend to frown upon YA and NA fantasy because it's geared Mm -hmm. more specifically towards women or just not you know cis men yeah which I think is frowned upon in in many aspects of like culture especially pop culture Mm -hmm. because people don't people don't really respect the opinions and the like beliefs of young women they never really have just because like it's seen as frivolous or like not as serious which is why I think that maybe like authors like Sarah J Maas aren't taken as seriously as maybe some other traditional like like high fantasy authors oh for sure that makes me so mad I feel like anytime someone asks me my favorite book or what I'm reading I always get nervous because I don't want them to think also like I feel like it's a a fantasy genre thing too Mm -hmm. um if it's a YA, NA book, 
or a fantasy book. Um, it's just like, is that a real book? Can it be compared to classic literature? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. And we definitely, we know our classic literature. We have mm-hmm. taken many a class on that subject. Yeah. But I, I just, it's, it's so hard to agree with those people because these authors create worlds. They don't base them. I mean, they do base them some part in um, reality, some part in the modern world, but they create this whole other world um, whole other languages, races, uh, societies. Um, so in fact, I think they do more work most mm-hmm. of the times than other authors. Yeah. People tend to talk trash about mm-hmm. fantasy just be- because like, I mean, nobody ever really takes the time to like study it unless they're like already a fan of it. You know what I mean? Like fantasy isn't mm-hmm. really like a respected genre of literature even in academic fields like we took one class in college on fantasy literature even though fantasy literature is like honestly dominating book markets right now and it's like incredibly like Mm -hmm. relevant we learned about the lord of the Rings series and obviously that's like exalted as the peak of like high fantasy that along with like things like Game of Thrones or, like, Dune recently. Um, But, yeah, no, everybody just... People love Lord of the Rings. And they, like... Mm -hmm. They don't compare it to YA and NA fantasy, even though, technically, they're in the same realm, but things like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones are really, like, exalted for how well done they are, even though, like... I've definitely read some books that I think are, like, on their level, for sure, that are just Mm -hmm. YA fantasy or NA fantasy that are just discounted because they're written by a woman or they have some inkling of romance in them, you know? Yeah, I will say Game of Thrones, um, and also, like, I'm thinking about the TV show as well, Mm -hmm. highly sexualized, but I, I honestly couldn't even get through the Game of Thrones books. yeah even though the story was really interesting because it was just so boring. It was so much information to me. Um, And it's like, you have to, like, I know that there are different audiences that want different things, but just because a book has like a certain word count, um, like comes from a certain point of view or anything like that does not make it better Mm -hmm. than uh, romance books or YA, NA books. Um, and I do, I really respect J.R.R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love Lord of the Rings, but I, I totally agree with you. I think people compare Lord of the Rings to um, YA and A books, and they just, they, they think of them as jokes. It's hard to compare one author to another when their styles are completely different. Their messages are going to be different. There's always messages in books. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just like to summarize this whole thing, I think it's really unfair to discount YA and NA fantasy just because of the genre that it falls into versus like more traditional high fantasy books. Like I think they definitely deserve as much, if not more respect, because there's like you said, like Lord of the Rings is definitely an outlying case because Gerald Tolkien was a old English professor and created this vibrant expansive world 
that he knew better than anybody else and that was amazing and honestly a once in a lifetime thing to see because not everybody puts in that much effort but just because they don't doesn't mean it's not amazing as well mm-hmm. but um kind of moving away from that what and more focusing on YA versus NA what would you say is the main defining difference between the two um I would say sex definitely I, I think because when you think of YA romance you think of um they were kissing and then the door shut yeah. and then it's like <laughs> the next scene is the morning after like that kind of even like or there's like yeah. no sex at all which completely makes sense like some like it's not appropriate for like kids to be reading about sex mm-hmm. and so young a is geared towards people under 18 um so i would say that's definitely the uh the difference mm-hmm. i i completely agree while i think there's like definitely differences between the two of them i do think you're right that the expl- almost the explicitness in general is the difference because like i could read something like Hunger Games, which is a dystopian novel and kind of a subgenre of YA fantasy, but it is still a YA fantasy, just more of a futuristic one. Um, and that plot line, that storyline is incredibly dark, incredibly like relevant to modern issues and honestly a little scary at times just because of like what you see people do and it's seeing people seeing like children have to deal with such adult things in their lives which I think is real but like also you have NA and they're definitely dealing with things that are just as dark and just as heavy and so I don't think it's a difference between plot I think it's more of a difference between like the explicitness like the cursing the the sex the just everything that you would more associate with people in their 20s versus like 16 or 17 year olds because I think honestly it depends on the age of the main character like whose perspective we see the world from because like if the book is being told by a 16 or 17 year old girl then it's definitely young adult usually Versus, like, you start to get blurry with 18 and 19, especially with, like, Sarah J. Maas's Throne of Glass books, which I think personally start out YA and then end up leaning a little bit into NA, but not, like, completely. It's definitely more, like, on the YA side of that spectrum, just in terms of... But even then, you have things like... A Court of Thorns and Roses, which honestly to me seems kind of like a gray area at first until you get to like the more explicit things because it's kind of a hard line. When do you draw the like line between NA and Y explicitness? Like as far as like, because I've definitely read YA books where they like, they're pretty hot and heavy. Even if they don't explicitly, like, you know, do the do. Like, honestly, I think there's three types of of books in this genre. There's either 
there's usually some sort of romantic subplot, usually, even if it's like bare minimum, like, like the Hunger Games, like that romance was very like, it wasn't really like an active romance, it was just a part of the plot. And then there's like books where the plot and the the smut is like in equal like romance and the main plot are like equally important and then you have books where the the romance and the sex are are the main plot just on the opposite end of the spectrum like sometimes you just don't want to read like a smutty book and sometimes you don't want to tell a smutty story and i think that's why YA is really good because I think the biggest value of YA is that it appeals to the broadest range of people because you can have young kids discover mature themes in like a a safer air quotes way um that won't offend as many parents and then you can but there since there's such mature stories they can still be enjoyed by like people well over the age that that the main characters are like I remember my mom and I used to read a lot of the same books and she enjoyed them just as much as I did mm-hmm. she loved Percy Jackson because it was a good story and I think that's the biggest selling point of YA novels is that they're good stories a lot of the time even if they don't have the the smut that everybody tends to look for these days well at least on book talk that that's how it seems <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I think, like, this isn't a book, but Avatar The Last Airbender, like, I could I could watch that over and over, even today. Um, so if you guys don't know, uh, the plot is based around um, three kids, four kids. Uh, and I still, like, even though the main characters are children, the themes are very mature. It's, it's about society, like, breaking apart, like, people... Uh, like different factions of society fighting and going to war against each other and these kids are on an adventure to save everyone but it's just I I don't know how to explain it like I like it because these children don't have the responsibilities of an adult but like they do in the sense that they're saving the world Um, but it's just so it's so fun to watch um, and the story is great because it's full of adventures, full of childlike innocence, but also you see how they grow um, from the experiences that are put in front of them. Some that are, are difficult for even mm-hmm. adults to go you know, through. It's funny you bring that up because I was actually, I actually watched, rewatched the finale uh, the other day because I just, it is uh-huh. one of the most beautiful like fantasy honestly I have ever experienced there are very few things in this world that I think can top just the incredible storytelling that is done through the eyes of four children all under the age of 18 varying ages like Aang at the beginning is 12 Zuko's like 16 and you get to see like both of those perspectives like there are really dark themes in that show there's genocide there's learning to love yourself there's grief there's mm-hmm. like this idea of violence versus non-violence is it worth it to be violent towards one to save many which i think they handled 
incredibly well. (laughs) I know. Because it's so chilling because I just, it is such a beautiful sentiment for Aang to go through all of this, like, torment and to stick to his morals and be like, I don't want to, I don't want to kill the Fire Lord. Everybody around me is telling me that I have to, that violence is the answer. Even all my past lives are telling me that violence is the answer. Mm -hmm. But he kept to his, like, he kept to his values and he maintained that, like, there was another way. And he learned from the lion turtles that he could bend the energy in people. And only by remaining good could he remain, like, un like unsullied by other people's evil and that was like this whole I just I know I just went on a tangent about Avatar The Last Airbender but man I could talk about it all day long no I mean it makes a great point because us as adults we're still interested in that story even though it's from a kid's point of view I personally have trouble reading through the eyes of a 16 or 17 year old And it's partly due to the fact I feel uncomfortable when reading about sexual situations Mm -hmm. that YA books sometimes, I don't know, put, put in about the main character. But it's just also, I don't know what it is. It's just, I just don't love reading from a perspective usually, um, especially if it's romantic based. Um, I there's one book that I really am interested in reading. Um, I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's through the eyes of a 16 year old. And I'm like, do I really, do I really want to read from that perspective right now? Especially since I know there's like romance involved. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think of that? Like, not that I'm like completely discounting it because of that, but I just, sometimes I feel weird like reading through the eyes of a of a child. Yeah, no, I totally understand where you're coming from because I've had kind of that struggle recently too because so much of what I read and so much of what I loved and got me into reading were YA books. Like, and I just I have this fondness and attachment to them that's kind of hard to let go of. Um and I have my favorites that sometimes I'll go back and reread, and those I don't really feel weird about, just because that's a story that's been with me for a long time, which is mm-hmm. like also why I don't feel weird like rewatching shows from like my childhood and rooting for the two main characters to get together because like I already know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it it doesn't feel weird because I've already experienced that at a younger age, but now trying to read YA romance is a little uncomfortable for me, especially if they're, like, 16 Mm -hmm. or 17, just because, like, I'm not 16 or 17 anymore, and, like, those romances aren't for me, if that makes sense. Like, I I think New Adult is definitely preferable towards us. Like, if there's a story that I really want to read, not based uh, in romance for me, like, it can have romance in the book, but, like, I don't want to read it for the Mm -hmm. romance, and I'll definitely... I'll definitely read it. Um, I just feel like if I'm looking for something um, not even not even heavily based in romance, but like if I just want like a book boyfriend or something, like I'll I'll go to a new adult fantasy yeah. book. I mean, I definitely have my childhood um, 
book boyfriends who I just kind of like to think that they grew up with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, like, I just imagine, like, I just put myself back where I was when I read it. But, like, definitely, I love reading YA books. Like, the plot lines are incredible sometimes. Like, just really good. And I don't want to miss out on a story, but I I would pref- I only prefer to read YA novels where romance is, like, a subplot, like, and, like, a sub-subplot, almost, because I don't want the romance to be the main point of the book when I read YA, Mm -hmm. like, ever, anymore. Like, I love to have it there, like, I love seeing, like, just new love, but, like, subtly, and, Mm -hmm. like, I don't really want there to be any, like, super sexual moments in my YA books, just because, like, I'm not that age anymore, and I, like you said, it's it's a little weird for me to, like, to need that from a YA book. I don't need mm-hmm. that type of romance from a YA book anymore, because I've moved on to new adult fantasies where if I'm looking to see, a like, a romance between two people, it, it usually feels more genuine to what I am currently experiencing. <laughs> that is, however much I can connect with a fantasy romance Mm -hmm. you know like I'm not a fae creature (laughs) but I (laughs) imagine if I was this would how it would go this is how it would go yeah type of yeah and not like if you read YA fantasy if you love YA fantasy we are not ganging up on you because we definitely still read YA fantasy too it's just um I think like a difference when it comes to you and me Tony um Sometimes I definitely do read books just for romance. Like, I want it to be, like, romance-based. And, yeah, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it for YA fantasy when when I'm in that reading mood. I think it has a lot to do with, and I don't know how much this might apply to you, but I started reading YA at a pretty young age. Mm hmm So I was kind, I feel like I've outgrown it almost yeah the romance aspect because I I will never outgrow a good story mm-hmm. I will never outgrow a good story like I can pick up any any genre of book like I could pick up a middle grade book and enjoy it if it had a good plot mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter to me I'm I'm here for a good story if it's well written and it keeps my attention I love it like, I'm pretty open when it comes to stuff like that. It's just romance is kind of where I draw the line. Because I I read about 16-year-olds falling in love when I was, like, 12, 11. You know? <laughs> Same. Like, and so that was something to aspire to, almost. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I was, like, still reading it, hoping, like, oh, this will happen for me. But I've I've passed that age, and it doesn't really apply to me anymore. Like, those types of romances aren't, like, first loves or first time dating or first kisses. Like, I'm I'm past that in my life, so I want to read more romance focused on, like, similar to where I am in my life. Which is why I'm really glad that NA Fantasy has made this, like, research, or not resurgence, it wasn't really that much of a debut. That's a better word. But, yeah. Yeah, I think... Okay, if I have never read, if I never read Twilight by Stephanie Meyer, 
I think it would be uncomfortable for me to read now. Yeah. Just because it is, like, the book is solely romance. And not to say, I, I love to watch the Twilight movies. Um, I did read the Twilight books, but when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. um, I definitely I definitely read YA books when I was in middle school. Um, that's how I started out. But, yeah, there's just something. And I, I know that probably might be a little controversial because a lot of when Twilight was really popular, um, everyone was reading it. But I think now it would make me uncomfortable, but also I don't think New Adult was available back then mm-hmm. um, to people as much. Yeah, New Adult definitely wasn't as much of a thing when Twilight came out, which is why I think mm-hmm. it hit so hard for so for such a broad audience. Because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, when you think about it, Bella was never, like, a normal 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Like, she was... Like, she gives off older vibes, which is, Mm -hmm. there's a lot you could talk, there's a lot you could say about Twilight. I know. Um, Especially, like, the whole, like, 16-year-old or 17-year-old and immortal creature that I was, I was so... (laughs) Vampire Diaries. I know. I was so big into that. But now, like, looking back, I'm like, that's a little sus. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's good to be, like... And I mean, with fantasy, it's kind of different because you're... Because it's all pretend and you're never going to really meet a 500-year-old fae man. (laughs) I thought I was. I thought I was. Or I thought I was going to meet Edward. (laughs) I know. I really thought I was going to meet an immortal fallen angel. You know what I mean? But (laughs) it never happened for some reason. (laughs) But I don't know. I just... That age gap is a little easier to stomach when you're reading an A. Mm -hmm. Because, like, they're adults quote-unquote now since they're like over 18 so like societally for us it's a little less weird to enjoy that it's a little less grooming yeah yeah because <laughs> like thinking back I'm like why was this immortal fallen angel falling in love with this 16 year old girl from Maine <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> wait I think I know what books you're talking about Shh, don't say it I love those books I know me too <laughs> I'm like looking I like reread them like a couple years ago oh, no. and I was just like man I really thought this was the creme de la creme of <laughs> of spice so <laughs> like I did the same thing with uh the Iron King by Julie Quagla oh my god did you ever, yes or Quagla sorry I'm if I'm pronouncing that wrong did you read that yeah I did I actually so that was like yeah. my first introduction to YA fantasy and I read that in middle school like I vividly remember reading that series and that was the best thing that had ever happened to me at the time um but I I read them back I think either late high school or early college and I was like wow this is this is strange yeah this is and I'm not I'm not like her her writing is great yeah I just like reading it at one age and then reading it at another is very uh shell shock mm-hmm. <laughs> um to that point, just circling back to something we said earlier, um, I just, people's writing, like, how they write, okay, never mind, <laughs> the thought, <laughs> the thought entered my brain and then promptly left. <laughs> it happens. Maybe it'll it come happens. back to me. I hope it does. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I feel like it's an interesting topic, and it's like, we are talking about it now, but someone could write a whole thesis on um, 
like sexualizing of YA characters, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we're not saying something is wrong or right. Um, it's just as, as society, uh, becomes more woke, I'll say, mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel like different, like those kinds of topics are coming up and especially now that NA is available to us mm -hmm. as a, as a subject. So, and plus it's so much more like readily available these oh, days, yeah. like, especially with the internet, like I can, if I wanted to read a book, I could probably, I could find it somewhere. Like, I could yeah. get my hands on it somehow. And I think that really has helped NA and YA specifically, like, really just shoot off in popularity. Yeah. Kindle Unlimited. Oh my gosh, yeah. You can find anything. Like, I could read, I can read, like, a book, like, in a night. Like, I'll stay up all night, but, like, I can read it. And, <laughs> but I could do that, like, every night of the week mm -hmm. if I wasn't working. I used to do that all the time. Unfortunately, I work during the day now, so it's a little harder to stay up all night. But, man, I would, I would crack open a book oh. or a 150,000-word <laughs> fan fiction at, like, at, like, at, like, 11 p.m. and just, un like, bring the, the Kindle or my book down, like at like 6 a.m. and be like oh my god <laughs> what have I done as a society we just want the next story we want the next one to come out like we we read so quickly we consume so much media because there's so so much readily available to us yeah I could honestly I could deep dive into media consumption I'm sure we both can we've got that that media aspect to our English degrees. Going back to YA versus NA, let's think about point of views. So I feel like YA, it's usually first person point of view and then NA is usually third person point of view. Do you agree? I, yes. I would say for the most part, Obviously, there's mm -hmm. some exceptions. Like, I've definitely read YA-written third-person point of view. Um, but, yeah, no. I've The majority of NA that I've read is definitely third-person, aside from A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah. Which, honestly, threw me off a lot. <laughs> which is interesting, actually, if you want to take Sarah J. Moss as, like, a, an example... A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is supposed to be her N.A. series, is in first person. But Throne of Glass, which is her Y.A. series, is third person. You know what's really interesting is that for a long time, all I would read was like, I just couldn't stand reading in third person for such a long time. And then I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden there was a switch in my brain. And it went from being like, I can only read things in third person now. Like, I can't, like, I'm not a big fan of first person anymore. Like, unless the plot is just so good that I can't help myself. Yeah. I usually do read third person, but there are times when I'm like, wow, I really want a first person point of view book. But, uh, so Tony mentioned before, but we're both writers. And in college, we used to read each other's writing. And I, like, only wrote in first person because I was one of those who wrote up, who wrote up, who grew up writing fan fiction so of course it was like not your name but it was first person self-insert <laughs> yeah. yeah and tony was like 
I think this would be so much better if you wrote it in third person. And I was like, are you sure? And I tried it and it was. So (laughs) I definitely think like, I'm not sure what exactly makes which one better, like when you're choosing, but I notice, I notice a difference when I'm reading a story, um, like say if something's third person, if I think about it as first person, I would be like, this does not, this would not fit at all. Like, I'm glad this is how it's written. Um, yeah. Okay. I had a thought. I think that the biggest difference for me in my brain of is first person works best where romance is more of the like focus yeah (laughs) because i'm so sorry sarah j moss but (laughs) a court of thorns and roses is romance focused the plot is (laughs) a little lacking sometimes just in like the king of hybrid what's I his know. name like, i okay we we've talked about this There's a lot no between us but we talk about villains a lot we'll have a whole episode on villains but like yeah what what was their purpose like people aren't evil just because they're evil well sometimes if they're a psychopath but um yeah there's there's a reason but that shouldn't be the rule yeah like there's there's a history yeah. to that person like why are they acting this way um do they have any sympathy empathy uh, mm-hmm. I think that's just such an interesting topic because I, I know we've talked about the King of Hybern before, which is the main villain in yeah. the Court of Thorns and Roses book, but there just isn't a lot of substance to him. Like, he's a, what do they call it, a flat character? Yeah. Honestly, outside of the romance and, like, the the plot that gets you to the romance points, like, there's not a lot of development. Mm-hmm. Like, even with the main characters... I would say. Yeah. Like, think about Resand, like, as a character. Obviously, he's got a history and stuff, and we know about it, but, like, if you really think about it, we don't know a whole lot of, like, information about him. We don't even know his last name. Or if he has one. Well, there's a reason to that, I think. And it has to do okay, with okay. the Crescent City books, but that's all I'll say. But also, I will say, so, her her other series, Crescent City... I feel like she did more of a deep dive mm-hmm. into the characters and I feel like it is romance heavy, but like, I also think the main point yeah. isn't romance, which I feel like this series is so well written. And I think she's just grown as an author throughout the years, but it was one of the first times that I've read a male character point of view and liked it because he was vulnerable because of his history, because I feel like a lot of books, a lot of fantasy romance books, um, have these male characters and don't show them as vulnerable i mean they do the same yeah. to women but you know but that that's a little like off subject mm-hmm. but uh it's just a really well-written series back to kind of the the point i was making which is that i really think that first person pov only works best when romance is yeah. the plot i've never thought about it like that because because i think you need third person to tell a really detailed and plot-driven yeah. story. Because if it's character-driven, you want that eye. You want that, like, how, they're, how they experience Emotions, the world. feelings, yeah. You want the emotion, the feeling to be dominant. And not saying that you can't have emotion be dominant in a third-person story, but it's, it's more broad. Yeah. Like, you can get down into the nitty-gritty of it, but, like, for a plot, I feel like third-person is definitely best. 
And that might just be a, a completely subjective <laughs> take, but... I don't think so. I, I think, like, like you said, when you want romance, first person's best. I think it's, it's like you're, the camera is the eyes of the main character for first person, mm-hmm. and the camera is just on the main character for third person. You're still able yeah. to see things like emotions and all of that, but there's still, mm-hmm. it, the lens has like, is looking more outward and looking on the character rather than like just yeah. through one particular lens, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think, I think that the reason that first person works super well for romance is because it helps you insert yourself mm-hmm. into it. Like, you, if you're reading it from the perspective of I, then you are the one that's falling in love with the mm-hmm. love interest. You know what I mean? Like, it's easier to fall in love with someone when you're reading about it like you are the one falling in love. <laughs> like, I did this. Like, I he did this oh, to God. me. And you're just, yeah. you know, like, type of type of vibe. And it puts you more in the character's shoes. And it helps you to fall in love easier. And I think that's part of what makes it more effective. Mm-hmm tool for romance novels but like like you said third person it's we're just the camera's just following different characters at different times and I have this tiny pet peeve where I'm not super fond of multiple POVs yep. <laughs> from the perspective of I oh my god I can't do it first, it's cringy I hate it <laughs> like I'm sorry I like t- I'm not trying to be mean <laughs> but it is cringy like I do not there's there's some part of me especially if it's a romance I do not want to read first person from the male's point of view or from the love interest point of view. There's just something about because it. Because I don't relate yeah. to them, you know? Because it's like you're taken out. Th- you're taken out of, like, your element when you're in another point of yeah. view when it's I. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you a little tidbit, but, like, when I, I'm reading A Court of Silver Flames mm-hmm. right now, and whenever I read smutty scenes from Cassian's perspective... Mm-hmm. It makes me want to die a little bit. That's a love interest, <laughs> because, by like, the way, if you guys haven't read that. I, it, yes, that is the male love interest in the main story. Um, and you, I'm obviously not a, well, uh, not obviously, you can't see me, but I'm not a man. <laughs> I am, in fact, a woman. And so to read his thoughts and feelings from that perspective, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Just because I'm not used to being in the mind of a a yeah. male character like that like I've never I never read like a MF pairing male female dynamic from the perspective of the male usually so it was new I didn't really know how to deal with it okay let me ask you this I would call this I wouldn't even say it's young adult or new adult but like if I had to pick it'd be new adult but you've read Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller right yes so what do you think about that? Because I feel like, yes, there is a lot of plot in that book, but I feel like the book is focused on the relationship um, between the two main characters. But it's it's third person. So, But I also think, I feel like that book is one of the books that has um, the best written romance yeah. I've ever read. Um, okay. I definitely, I read The Song of Achilles when I was mm-hmm. in middle school, and it tore me to pieces (laughs) it it ruined me I cried for days but I think I've read a lot of like um queer stories Mm -hmm. and 
um, just from my experience with them, I thoroughly enjoy it more from a third person perspective, especially, well, and this is the case for me because if it's mm-hmm. two men, um, cause I, not to out myself, but I, lot of, I read a lot of, um, male and male pairing, mm-hmm. romance pairings before, like, and I, I love reading them. I just love that, that emotional connection that you don't normally see with, like, cis male, cis straight male characters, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love, I don't know, I don't want to, I want to see, I want someone to tell their story to me. Yeah. Because, like, I'm not going to understand it in their heads as much. Like, it'll be harder for me to connect, but I can understand, like, this portrayal of love and um, just, like, because it's, just because it's foreign to me, because I've I've never loved someone as a man. Mm-hmm. So I don't, so I don't know. I was just going to say, um, if you guys haven't read this, the two main characters are Achilles and Patroclus. Patroclus? Patroclus? I, I cannot pronounce Greek names. I am very sorry. Um, if anyone wants to write in and give me the proper pronunciation, you are welcome to do so. It's... It's what? Patroclus? Patri- <laughs> I don't know. I call him Pat. I do. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like the book was just so beautiful. Like, it was, it was written like poetry. Just the setting. I felt like because the romance included so much more than just them two... I don't know how that makes sense, mm-hmm. but it's, like, the setting, the time, like, it just, it made sense to be in third person, so you could have this outside perspective of the world that they were in. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know if it was because I already kind of, going into it, I kind of already knew what would happen at the end, just because i studied Greek I studied Greek mythology and like everybody everybody's heard of Achilles but and you know but not to spoil it if nobody knows that story but I I knew what was going to happen and I think that that made it almost more beautiful to see this like it honestly such an innocent love yeah Mm -hmm. blossom between them like it like eventually there's like a little bit of you know like the sexual aspect to it but it's very like it's very tastefully done yeah I would say it's very like very romantic very much like subtle and like way after like so much build up between like these two characters that you just love because I wouldn't call it smutty at all no not at all um it's very well done so maybe it's because first person's better for more like I don't want to call it, like, not necessarily smutty, but just, like, to see that sexual tension. Like, even though there is sexual tension in the Song of Achilles, uh, I don't know how to explain okay. it. Here, okay, I think I got it. I think first-person POV is perfect for when you want your reader to fall in love with the love interest. Okay, you're right. And I think that's the difference. okay. Because the Song of Achilles is different because you don't want your reader to fall in love with one or the other. You want them to fall in love with their story. Okay. And that's why third person works so much better is because you're seeing that you're just hearing their story. You're not supposed to fall in love 
with one of them. You're supposed to fall in love with them in love. Tony's a smart one here. <laughs> well, it's like... <laughs> I wouldn't say it's that. It's like Aragorn and Arwen in Lord of the Rings. Um, they mm-hmm. have a love story, but you're not meant to fall in love with either of them. And But I, I know that mm-hmm. that's a subplot in Lord of the Rings, but even if it was just a story about their romance, I don't... I don't think you're meant to fall in love with either of them. Yeah. I think that's honestly the difference is author intention. Yeah. Like, because it works so well for A Court of Thorns and Roses because you, the main character is falling in love with mm-hmm. the love interests. Like, from her perspective, from Feyre's perspective, the main character. Also, there's two love interests. So it's like you see her transition into um, mm-hmm. a different one. And so I, I think that's what... I've never had a writer do that to where it's like she transitions from such a bait and switch (laughs) transition from one love interest to another like that. And I feel like that's why the first person really worked. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. If I had to narrow it down, I would say first person, you want it for when you want your character, your reader to fall in love with the character yeah. or when you want your reader to experience what your main character is experience experiencing versus like third person like song of achilles just wanting to tell a story yeah wanting to tell people's stories no that makes sense i think that's the difference for me yeah no that 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 makes every that makes a lot more sense than what i was trying to say um so going back to the main topic the difference between YA and NA do you feel like there are any other factors that we haven't talked about that help decide which is YA which is NA I honestly I really don't think so I don't think so either there's nothing there's nothing that really comes to mind because that's one of the the things it's like there are there is so little difference yeah between YA and NA, but the differences are drastic enough that I think you can tell them apart. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the difference between actual young adults and, like, new adults, like, people in their 20s. Yeah. Um, because, honestly, I did not feel even close to, like, an adult until I was at least 21. Oh, I don't feel like an adult and now, so... Like, I still don't feel like an adult, but I'm, I'm getting closer, mm-hmm. like, inching along. Um... But, like, when you're 16, like, you, there's so much, there's such a difference between, like, when you're 16 or 17 versus when you're, like, 21. Yeah. And I think just, I think the biggest difference, honestly, is the characters' ages. Yeah. In, dis, in the deciding factor, because I think you could write a YA book with, like, explicit um explicit scenes or like smutty whatever in it and it could still be considered YA it would not be accepted yeah. very well in that genre but if the characters were like 16 or 17 i think technically that would be YA even though it's got that explicitness in it yeah and like i think NA without the explicitness like it just has to do with the age of the characters like i like, just for an example, in the book that I am currently working on, my main character is, like, 21, but I'm not planning on having, like, a whole bunch of, like, smut mm-hmm. or anything. Like, the first book is going to be very YA 
leaning, but my main character is in a different stage in her life than most young adults. Yeah, I protagonists. I think it's about the loss of innocence and like because mm-hmm. in NA books you already have that loss of innocence beforehand, I feel like, but YA part of the plot is the loss of innocence. Does that make sense mm-hmm. to you? Do you feel that way? Absolutely. Okay. You're right. I've been think I've been trying to think of a way to phrase that and you're totally right. Like it's just the loss of innocence versus having already lost your innocence. But it's still about finding yourself, I feel like, both genres. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I haven't read any of Victoria Aveyard's books, or I think I read one of them when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. But she, I follow her on TikTok, and she talks about how um, she doesn't write sex scenes in her books or there's very little explicitness. Um, and I know that her earlier books were YA, but her newest book, Realmbreaker, is NA because the characters are older but it still doesn't have that that aspect, like the explicitness of sex, because I don't think it's just, it's based on romance and sex, and I think those are big parts of it, but I think loss of innocence through any means um, is the deciding factor, like whether the character has gone through that or not. Mm-hmm. And age, obviously. I agree. But I mean, that, yeah. that, con- that correlates directly, so. I think you're right. I think that's the one of the biggest differences between them obviously there's going to be a lot of overlap yeah. but and outliers I feel like because mm-hmm. I mean there's definitely exceptions to yeah. rules like there always are yeah yeah so did, so did we come to a consensus <laughs> I think we did I think we did on that note we are going to give you a funny review from Goodreads this week I'm going to be doing it um and next week tony will be reading a funny Mm -hmm. review but um so after our main topic we want to kind of go over some of the reviews we read on goodreads because they are hilarious okay (laughs) okay so this is like i mentioned before like i promised ice planet barbarians by ruby dixon and i'm getting my review from goodreads And this review is by Helen 2.0. And, okay, wait, you don't need to bleep anything out for this. Okay. 10 out of 10 would bang a blue alien, and don't deny it. (laughs) (laughs) And for those Ah. of you that don't know, it's it's like basically a smutty series uh, about um, human girls falling in love with blue aliens that are, I don't know, that... I, that I are very I gifted and talented in certain aspects <laughs> of, of because of, of their the... alien traits. Yep. So that is my review for this week. Man, that um, almost convinced me to read them. <laughs> um, I would say it was no offense; it just wasn't my cup of tea. But I felt like I wasted a lot of my nights um, <laughs> by reading them because I, I kept reading them because I was like, maybe they'll get better. Like. Because they're different love stories, like, each book, but... Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. <laughs> no. Uh, my friends definitely tried to talk me into reading them, and I just... I've never been on the receiving end of, like, mm-hmm. you need to read this. God, you have to read this. And me being like, mm, <laughs> I'm okay. Okay, there's another one that I read, a series. I forgot the name. Um, and, like, I forget all the names of everything, but it's, uh, it's like the Game of Thrones Dothraki people, Ooh. Um, but they're aliens, 
Interesting. So it's another like smutty alien love story, but it's like this Dothraki like alien race. Wow. <laughs> you know, I've I've been into the vampires, the fae, the uh, I briefly dipped a toe into werewolf, um, but aliens, aliens have never been my cup of tea. I just I have yeah. never been able to do it. But Please honestly, don't me. but honestly, if you love it, more power to you because yeah, a book. Honestly, a book is good if you like it. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> the, the books that um, are recommended from the Ice Planet Barbarians, because I have it up to read my review, mm-hmm. it has the, the Dothraki books. It's called, um, they're like the Horde King series by Zoe Draven. Oh so gosh. if you guys are into Ice Planet Barbarians, then you should definitely read the Horde King series. Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, maybe if I ever get over my aversion to aliens, I'll I'll dip a, I'll dip a toe in and I'll check it out. I'll dip a toe. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, next week we will have a specialized topic for you. Um, what do you think it'll be, Tony? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just gonna have to be a surprise, but it will be, it will be fun to listen to. I promise. If you like our rambling. Yes. So please tune in for the next episode. Please review, uh, rate the podcast. And we also have an Instagram. It's technically a bookstagram, but we are also using it for our podcast. It's called Mary Sue Who Books. Um, And you spell that like Mary (laughs) Sue as in S-U-E, who as in, I don't know. W-H-O. And so Mary Sue, if you guys don't know what that is, um, it's a term used in fan fiction, kind of like a character that's jumping into another world that kind of has to learn everything about the other world. Do you have a better description of uh, Mary Sue? Yeah, I would say I would say a Mary Sue is definitely just like a bland female character who could you could put any name or ability on her and she looks exactly the same as like 50 others. Yep. Okay, there you have it. (laughs) Mary Sue. (laughs) Thank you so much.